Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one sadly does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and guess what? I do not. And I don't think it's sad. It's just me. I think it's sad because then it limits what we can talk about. No, No, that's the whole point. We're going to get you to embrace the genre. All righty. So instead of telling everyone what we're currently reading, let's go around and talk about our reading resolutions or goals for the year. Patty, you have a problem. My problem is I am a constant starter of books. And not so much a constant finisher of books. I do actually finish everything eventually, but I am very easily distracted from my current read by the next read. So you'll notice uh, I'm always talking about a book I've, I've just started because I've just gotten a new book and it's in my hands and that's the one I'm reading and I put down the other one to read that one. So I have like six or seven books just gathered around the house. I just pick up whichever one is nearer to me or if I don't have a book with me, I have books on my Kindle, on my phone, or I have audiobooks on my phone. I'm, yeah, I'm just constantly switching back and forth between book. I'm kind of the opposite. It kind of stresses me out to have too many books started at once. I don't know if it's like some sort of OCD tendency, but like once I start it, I have to finish it before I can start a new one. Even if I'm not really enjoying the books, which becomes torture. Because <laughs> I really do want to start that new book, but I have to finish the one that's already happening. Oh God, no, life is too short to read books you're not enjoying. I know. Yeah, I don't usually, I have many books that I get to about 30%. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just not enjoying this. If I find myself not picking it up consistently, then I move on. So I do currently have too many tabs open when it comes to books and have two books that I'm listening to and a book that I read in the middle of the night on my e-reader when I have insomnia and multiple hard copy books that are in various stages of completion. What I do is I tend to check out like all of the formats of a book. So I'll be listening to it. I'm also reading it in like the like the hardcover or paperback version. I do prefer that to like the e-reader. I like to hold and feel the book. It's more of a tactile like experience for me. Um, but I do also check it out on the e-reader because sometimes like, I don't know, sitting at a doctor's office or like, waiting you have 15 minutes before something I like to be able to pick up my phone and just start reading something or like Sarah said in the middle of the night I don't want to wake up anybody Mm -hmm. so I'm on my phone or my e-reader trying to read it with the brightness turned all the way down (laughs) (laughs) then the next time you read it in the daylight you're like I can't see this at all yeah Mm Oh, yeah. And as far as finishing books, because I'm a reader for the Georgia Peach Award Committee, I have had to teach myself to stop reading something when it's clearly not not a great book for me. But it's hard. It's a really hard thing for me to be like, okay, just don't finish it. Oh, there's a certain guilt level for sure. It is. Yeah. I guess maybe that's what it is. I feel guilty. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I have no guilt whatsoever. I'm like, this book is dead to me. Especially if I paid for it. Yes. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, no, I paid for it. I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe That's, it'll get better on the last page. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. But 
Well, there have been books like that. I remember, yeah, one in particular in high school being assigned Crime and Punishment. And I hated that book until like the final chapter. And then suddenly, for some reason, it brought it together for me. And I was like, oh, I understand this. For that one, just the title, Crime and Punishment. Yeah. It's not a fun read. Right? It's not a beach read. But it makes you think. I didn't want to think as a 12th grader. No, me either. So because of all that, (laughs) my reading resolution, I have a couple, uh, and they all sort of work together. My reading resolution is to read all the books that I get in book box subscriptions because I have um, a couple of those, and I have piles of books. It's embarrassing. It's it's a problem. So I want to actually get through those books because they look great and they come in and I'm like, oh, I want to read this. I want to read this. This looks so good. And then the next one comes in and I put down the one that looked so good and I pick up the next one. So I'm going to get through all those. And then my reading goal is um, shooting for 50 books this year. That's about one a week. Um, we will see if I can do that. I did 33 or 34 this year. So it's a little bit more than last year. I also have piles of books everywhere. Part of that is, uh, this year I'll be coming off the Georgia Peach Award Reading Committee. So, which ties into my reading resolution. I, or goal, I get to read whatever I want going forward. Woohoo! After the end of this month. I can read an adult book if I want to. (gasps) I could read a kid's book if I want to, and I don't have to feel guilty about it. Very good. And my goal is probably also to read about 50 books or so, or more. I'm thinking I might be able to do more since it won't all be like things I'm being, not forced, but assigned to read. So I'm excited about that. Good. What about you, Sarah? Well, I think my goal is just going to be to read more I find that sometimes I have books that I like to read and I want to read, but I'm doing other things instead of making time to read. So my goal is going to be making time to read. And to love YA, right? Uh, sure. I don't believe her. <laughs> <laughs> but making, making time to read is a good one. Like, yeah. And I did notice recently on uh, the Kindle app, it'll tell you, like, when you last time I logged in or whatever, it was saying, you have now read... 14 days in a row. Good job. And I was like, okay, that's a nice little encouragement. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Audible does a similar thing. Like if you have an Audible subscription, you get tokens for reading so many hours or whatever. I mean, you can't do anything with them, but I don't know. It still kind of feels good to get your token, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or your badge. I don't remember what they call them specifically. Well, that's the same thing like with our reading program with Beanstack. Yeah, you get your badge and you're like, yeah, I've got my badge. Well, there you go. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Catherine? Okay, so in our last episode, we decided to find out which YA books were checked out the most in 2021 from the Gwinnett County Public Library. And I will say after getting the list, I was a little surprised. Most of the books are not new and some are several years old. And another interesting thing I noticed about it, which is just kind of a weird thing, six out of the 10 titles, I'll start with the letter C, yeah, oh, I had weird. I had to check. I was like, wait, I did I didn't ask for an alphabetical list, right? Like <laughs> I know checkouts. But I'm also like really curious, why these books? I mean, yeah. I thought uh, a lot of them are part of series too, which you know for me is not a great thing. But 
many, many series books. I don't, is there one that's not, well, one, I'm like, okay, well, let's go through them and we'll see how many are series. Cause I'm like, how many aren't part of a series? So uh, to start the rundown of our top 10, Sarah, take it away with our number one title. I got to read the book Renegades, which is part of a trilogy by author Marissa Meyer, who you may remember if you've read the Lunar Chronicles, which involves the title Cinder, Scarlet, Crest, and Winter. Renegades is the first book in her new series, which is all about superheroes. So if you like um, comic book style action or Marvel or uh, DC heroes, perhaps this is a book for you. I found the plot kind of uh, slow paced because I feel like she designed this to be part of a trilogy and needed to stretch the story out so that it would take up three books. Um, so yeah, to me, it took a really long time to accomplish not a whole lot. And I also felt like the heroes, this is about a girl named Nova whose parents are killed when she's um, a small child. And then she's raised by her uncle, who is part of the villain group known as the anarchists. And uh, when she's a young lady, she decides she's, you know, part of this anarchist group. Her uncle is dead. She wants to avenge his death by killing off some of the heroes in the story who are called the renegades. And then she ends up, of course, meeting a boy who's on the renegade side. And then she has to kind of infiltrate the renegades, etc. So I had some problems with, like, for example, I don't think that people who are villains refer to themselves as villains. I think people who are what we would call villains are classified that way by others. And they think that what they're doing is right. So it was a little, like, cartoonish to me in that when we're like, I'm the bad guy. Hey, hey, hey. Twisting my mustache. So... But, you know, like I said, if you're into comic books, maybe this is a book for you. Okay, so coming in at number two is The Selection by Kiera Cass. It is the first book in the Selection series. Um, This one was published in 2012, making it almost 10 years old. And it's one of the titles that kind of surprised me the most because I'm I'm really curious why, why this book and why now, 10 years later. But if you liked the TV show The Bachelor, this book might be for you. It's basically a dystopian version of The Bachelor and is kind of reminiscent of The Hunger Games, too, because participants or contestants are chosen across uh, the country to uh, try to win the hand of the prince. Um, And here's a quick spoiler-free summary. For 35 girls, the selection is the chance of a lifetime. They can escape the life laid out for them since birth to live in a palace surrounded by glittering jewels and gowns. The catch is that while they're there, they'll be competing against each other to win the heart of the prince, and the competition is fierce. But for America Singer, this is kind of a nightmare. She'll have to turn her back on the boy she secretly loves, even though he's a cast below her, and the palace is being constantly threatened by violent rebel attacks. However, after actually getting to know the prince, America is torn between what was and what could be. I did like the series, and I have read most of them. I mean, it's a... They're quick reads. You don't have to, like, think a lot about them when you're reading them. And, it, I mean, especially if you're just trying to read something just to get away from your normal everyday life. It's, I mean, it's a quick read, especially if you like romance or dystopians. I am curious about why the sudden popularity in this one. I think possibly it's gotten popular or hot on, like, BookTok or Bookstagram. And once that happens, like, you'll see a resurgence of, of a title yeah, I was trying to do some research and I couldn't find anything that actually like gave me a good reason why this one all of a sudden. So I'm genuinely curious. Uh, the third title on the list is Legend by Marie Lu and is another older title published in 2011. 
I read this one soon after it was published and had to do some research to refresh my memory and read that Marie Lu was inspired by Les Miserables and sought to recreate the conflict between Valjean and Javert in a teenage version. And I don't really remember making that connection when I read it. Nobody steals a loaf of bread? No. I, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was coming up for the summary, I totally see it now. And you'll hear this now. So uh, Legend is another dystopian taking place in what was once the Western United States, which is now the Republic, and is constantly at war with its neighboring countries. June is 15 and part of a wealthy elite family being groomed for success in the Republic's military. Day, her counterpart, is also 15 but comes from the slums and is the Republic's most wanted criminal. However, the motives behind his crimes are not what they seem. June and Day end up pitted against each other as Day fights for his family's survival and June seeks to avenge her brother's death. Together, they end up uncovering secrets that the Republic would prefer stay hidden. Like I said, I did read this one a long time ago, but I like uh, Marie Lou's newer stuff better. And I don't know if it's just because it's fresher in my memory or... I don't, I'm not sure about why, but if you like dystopians, if you liked Les Mis, give this one a shot. So, Patty, I think you have the next couple titles. I do. Uh, the next title is The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. So, this is one I had not read, but I had seen a ton of um, on Bookstagram and Book Talk, and there's a lot of, of talk about this one. So, this is what I knew about this book. <laughs> It's by Holly Black. It's about fairies. There are two people. One who's named Jude. One is named Carden. One of these people is the titular cruel prince. They hate each other. They end up as a couple. So I did some more digging uh, to see what this book was actually about. And like if this was something I would want to read. Uh, I found out that Jude is a human girl who along with her sisters, who I have never seen mentioned in book talk at all, um, has they've been raised in the world of the fairies their parents were brutally murdered when they were children sarah there you go Um, (laughs) and so they've been raised in the land of fairies and the fairies are real jerks to them because they're humans and um they look down on humans and carden is the cruel prince he is also apparently a jerk um There's a lot of intrigue and deception and betrayal because Jude is trying to win a place in the court of the fairies. And then, of course, uh, there is an outside threat, and she's going to have to probably work with Carden, and they're eventually apparently going to fall in love somehow. This is a book I would never recommend to Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first in a series. Boo. There are murdered parents. Boo. The romance is enemy to lovers. And Boo. it sounds like the guy is really a jerk. Um, so this is this is not not your jam. Sounds like it's not my jam. But I would recommend this to fans of other fairy books like uh, Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass or These Hollow Vows by Lexi Ryan. Holly Black is is known for her fairy books and what she writes is she writes really well people either really love them or really hate them and there doesn't really seem to be a lot of middle ground there so I tend to not enjoy her YA stuff I like her her middle grade novel um doll bones a lot but I have not really enjoyed some more of her YA stuff so 
I don't know if I'm going to give this one a shot or not, but it is extremely popular in our system. The next one I got was Crush by Tracy Wolf. Again, this is one I hadn't read and I knew very little about. Uh, what I had gathered from the internet is it is about vampires? Maybe they might be in high school. Like, I, I, I didn't know. So then I did some digging. And I couldn't even, I, I went to Goodreads and I went to Amazon. And I, I grabbed a copy of the book and just reading the description of the book, it didn't tell me a lot either. So I was like, all right, what is this book about? I found a review from School Library Journal. Y'all, I'm going to go check this book out <laughs> pretty much immediately. <laughs> it sounds banana pants. There are vampires. There are werewolves. There's apparently a vampire werewolf war. There's mate bonds. There's possession. This girl has been in a coma for four months. There's memory loss. There's love triangles. There's some sort of quest for a magical object. This is book two in a series, so I'm going to go get book one. It's 650 pages, which is a lot, but apparently it has quite a lot of plot in it. Um, I recommend this for people who are fans of Twilight, um, who also are looking for some sort of fast-paced, high-action, romance, supernatural book. So, Catherine, I think you have the next one on the list. Yep. So at number six, we have The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. So I apparently got every dystopian book on this list, I feel like. Uh, or I actually read these, so maybe I just read a lot of dystopian. I like dystopian. I or feel like maybe... Renegades might have been a little dystopian. Or was it sci-fi? It, mm, it's really not clear. They kind of okay. start it after a war, but they don't really tell you when or... Yeah, and like the world isn't great. Up, it's a made-up city, so I don't know if it's supposed to be our world or not. Yeah, so I get all of the ones that take place in a dystopian America. Maybe that's why they're popular. Maybe maybe people this year, with everything that's happened... Are we in a dystopia? ...are, are looking dun, for dun, dun. clues on how to live in this dystopian world that we are in right now. <laughs> a fun fact about this one was this was actually the book that checked out the most in 2020 at GCPL. So it's only fallen five spots in a year. Interesting. It did come out in 2020, so it is one of the newer titles on the list. And like I said, it's another dystopian. So I think our readers are into dystopians. We might need to do a, an episode on dystopia. Yes. Oh. Well, <laughs> Sarah actually likes dystopia. I so love dystopia. we might be able to find one that she'll be like, yes, this is the book for me. I'm glad Sarah likes dystopia. <laughs> so this one is a prequel to the Hunger Games series. It takes place at the 10th annual Hunger Games and gives insight into the background of President Snow. We have an 18-year-old Snow preparing to be a mentor in the games. The Snow House has fallen on hard times, and if he's able to mentor the winning tribute, he might just be able to bring glory back to his family name, but the odds are against him. Wait, are we supposed to feel sorry for him in this book? I think we are, yes. No. Well, he got assigned the female tribute from District 12, and if you've read any of the Hunger Game books, you know what it's like inside the arena but for Snow on the outside, he's in a battle of his own. Will he follow the rules or do whatever it takes to survive and win favor? Hey, 
hey, I haven't read that, but I have a guess as to which one he goes with. Well, I mean, you know he's in the subsequent books, so. And he's and kind of a bad he's powerful. man. Kind of a bad man? I mean, yeah, he's pretty much bad man. <laughs> but we know he wins power back to his family name. Otherwise, how is he the president? So, I mean, I feel like this one is probably pretty predictable. You know he's going to make it in the end. But if you haven't read it and you liked the Hunger Games series, you'll probably like this one too. So, Sarah, I think you have the next ones. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I read the next one on our list, which is Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. And this one has um, some supernatural things going on. Um, Our main character, Yadriel, wants to um, prove himself as a brujo, which is uh, Spanish for witch. Basically, there's magic and ghosts and um, all that kind of trying to figure out a mystery about who killed someone and all of that happening. And as well as Yadriel is um, a trans character, so we've got some um, those kind of identity issues and acceptance issues. Uh, I did like this book to a degree, but I still have some of the same problems that I usually have with uh, YA. This is not part of a series, which is good, um, but there are those parental issues. Um, Yadriel's mom is has passed away, and his relationship with his dad is awkward, just to uh, describe it one way. And I also feel like this book, while it tackled some good issues, it, I think, tried to take on too many issues. So I had made a list of kind of some of the themes that, you know, just popped out. Not all of them got the same amount of attention as others, but there were themes of coming out and dealing with dead names and judgments and feeling like you have to make other people feel less guilty and uh, gender identity and sexuality issues and immigration and distrust of police and racial stereotyping and dogfighting and cultural appropriation and classism. So it felt like a lot now, I understand Yadriel was dealing with all of that stuff, so of course he's going to talk about it, but it also it sometimes felt like, okay, what other issues are we going to try to tackle here? I also, it had um, the thing that was my main problem with the book is um, it has one of those romances where they've known each other for five minutes and yet they're willing to literally give their lives for one another, which I don't know is really realistic or um, a good example. But we've talked about that before and why that might appeal to uh, younger readers. But overall, if you like um, the supernatural type of uh, stories and if you like um, witty dialogue because that's in there, then you might want to try out Cemetery Boys. I also was assigned our next book, The Chosen, by Turan Matharu. And this is, again, part of a series. It's the first book of a series called The Contender Trilogy. And this author also wrote The Summoner series, which uh, apparently was pretty popular. I have not read any of those. But The Novice, The Inquisition, The Battle Mage, and The Outcast are part of that series. So The Chosen um, is about a boy named Cade who's uh, settling into his new boarding school and suddenly finds himself transported to another realm where it is uh, he's forced to f- battle with prehistoric creatures and there's ancient relics and there's just a few um, people who have been disappeared from their timeline over time and brought to this weird kind of fantasy world where they're going to battle things out. 
Now, I read just a selection of this book. I didn't read the whole book. Um, I will say the piece I read, it moves pretty fast. You're immediately like thrown into the action. So if you want a fast-paced read, maybe this is for you. I did read a couple of reviews on Amazon, and they range from five-star to one-star reviews. So the five-star um, review here by Sasha says, you, we get epic historical details about artifacts and people lost in time, dinosaurs, kick-ass girls, and ancient evil, and so much more. I loved Cade so much and related to his character more than I ever thought possible. Then there's a one-star review that said... Um, Big fan of the Summoner series. The whole way through, I was thinking this dumb story makes no sense. Just cannot understand why these characters would be chosen as contenders, why the competition would be run this way, or how six random school children would make an interesting contest versus this enemy. And then here's your middle ground review, which I think is probably most appropriate. A three-star review by Haley, who says, uh, Aliens, dinosaurs, a game, gods, history, time travel, blah, blah, blah. I won't be reading the rest of the books. His Summoner <laughs> series is much better. Overall, I don't recommend buying it. If the library has it, you could try reading it, but I wouldn't spend money on it. I agree, Haley. Go to the library and check out this book or any of the books we've mentioned. And that way, if you don't like them, you can just return them and pick a new one. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Haley. <laughs> All right. And Catherine, I believe you have the next title. Yep. And this one comes in at number nine, The Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo. This is book two of the Six of Crows duology and is part of the Grisha world. This one was published in 2016, but it does make sense to me to see it on the list given the popularity of the first season of Shadow and Bone, which was released by Netflix last year, which has been renewed for season two. And I am pretty excited about it. I'm so excited about that. But in the Crooked Kingdom, we have Kaz and his crew have pulled off a heist that even they didn't think they'd survive. And survival is uh, still not guaranteed just yet. They've been double-crossed. And are low on resources. Uh, their allies are not coming through for them, so they're kind of losing hope. But also both old and new enemies emerge in this story, and Kaz and the team's loyalties are put to the test. All while a war is waging on the streets that will decide the fate of the Grisha world. I'm not going to go into too many details on this one since it's a later book in the series or it's a later, it's the last book in the second series of the Grisha world. So I don't want to <laughs> really spoiler too much about it for, oh, Sarah's for anybody face. who might oh want to start gosh, reading it. Guys. I know, I know, Sarah, <laughs> this is probably not for you. So for you, I would suggest just watch the show. <laughs> The show's pretty good. I love the, this, these books too. I the Grisha books, the first books are okay, but these two are great because they have like all my favorite tropes: found family and heists and intrigue, and it, they're just they're awesome. These two are a little more witty too. I feel oh yeah, like, versus the first series, which I really enjoy. So if you if you liked the show or if you've read the first book, I would continue reading because these are definitely worth it. And then once you finish these, there's another series that takes place in the Grisha world also. I know Sarah's like, no. But the, the nice thing about this is, Sarah, <laughs> yes, there's lots of different series, but they all take place in the same world. So you don't have to have read Shadow and Bone to read these. Like That's you true. You can understand what's Each happening. Each series kind of could stand alone in the same universe so you don't necessarily have to have read all of them. To understand what's happening. Or they take place in different, like, timelines. Yeah. Not, not multiple timelines like Marvel or anything like that. But, like, 
different different parts of time. Yeah. So you can pick up just the duology and just read two books. Okay. See if you like it. See if you like her style. And then decide if you want to go on and embrace the rest of the Grisha world. Gotcha. And Patty, you get to give us our last book to make the cut. I do. I have our book coming in at number 10. And it is also part of a series. So yeah, we only had one. Cemetery Boys was the only book that is not part of a series. Right. So book number 10 is Crown of Midnight by Sarah J. Maas. This is the second book in a series. Um, the second book in the Throne of Glass series. I just finished reading it. This book, this whole series, actually, is another one of these absolutely banana pants <laughs> books. There's so much happening in these books. Um, this is her first series as opposed to she has a couple of different series that she has written and you can kind of tell that this is her earlier work there's a lot of telling and not showing so let me give you a quick synopsis of crown of midnight from the throne of glass rules a king with a fist of iron and a soul as black as pitch Assassin, Selena Sardothian, won a brutal contest to become his champion, yet Selena is far from loyal to the crown. This book is all about Selena being the king's champion and going off and assassinating people for him. What I find particularly fun about these books is she is, at 18, the very best assassin who ever, ever assassinated anybody. They tell us this a lot. Uh, it's not until the middle of book two that we actually see her kill anybody. So <laughs> I was very excited to see her actually kill somebody. So at 18, she's better than assassins that have been doing that job their entire lives. Yes. Yes, okay. she is. Okay. <laughs> Don't question this, Catherine. She is the best assassin. She's a natural born killer. <laughs> but does she enjoy her job? I mean, she seems pretty fine with it. Right. It's important to love what you do. Uh, you know, it is. It is. Um, so this book, that this is dealing with her time working for the king. And the first book in the series deals with the competition to become the king's champion. And she is in this competition so that she can gain her freedom. She has been arrested. She has been in prison for a year. She does not like it. Uh, so she wants to, she's like, well, working for the king sounds like a better deal than being in prison. So throughout this book, there's a lot of intrigue. There's She's working against the king, but she's trying to keep that a secret. There is a low-key romance and a low-key kind of love triangle. There's a lot of court intrigue and mystery. There's also some supernaturally things happening which are, you're kind of like, okay, what's up with that? And this is very much a, this is a seven book series. Oh. Seven? Seven. Seven books. Oh, my word. <laughs> so this is very much just dealing with her time at the court, and I don't want to give too much away. All these, these books was like, this was published in 2013, so I feel like the ban on spoilers should be lifted at this point. This book ends with her fleeing the, her getting out of the castle. Like, so um, I'm looking forward to the next book, which uh, we also find out a big reveal about her and her past. So here's the thing. These are not books that are deep or take a lot of thinking to read. 
but they are super Good, fun. Good, because there's seven of them. <laughs> and this is one of those series that I know because uh, it's been out for a while, and it is, and Sarah J. Maas is another one of those authors that people either really love her books or really don't like her books. Um, she gets a lot of talk on on online forums and things like that. So you hear a lot about it. So this is one of those books that I know what happens ultimately, but I have no idea how they get there. So I'm really having a lot of fun reading this series because like I said, it is a journey. I highly recommend these books for people who, if you've read other Sarah J. Mass stuff, you, you will like this book. Um, I also recommend the series for people who are just looking for a fast-paced fantasy that you're that's that's easy to read, that you just want some escapism. And I actually also really like, you know, I joke about stuff, but I really like the relationships between the characters in this book. She's got some very witty dialogue. She does not have insta-love, at least so far. Uh, the romance that's in the books is very slow burn, low key, and I'm pretty sure the romance is happening in these books is not the romance that ends the books in book seven. So Sarah, you'd like that part. Perhaps. If I could make it to book seven. <laughs> Here's the thing. You think you're not good, but they just keep reading. You just keep turning the page because you're just like, what happens next? <laughs> so other than a lot of these being older and a lot of them being dystopian, Starting with the letter and C. And starting with the letter C. <laughs> Did anybody notice anything else about the list? There's a lot of series um, and a lot of the beginning parts of series. I didn't see a lot that had uh, the end parts of series. Well, like it might be too, um, like for example, The Renegades, the, the third one in the trilogy was just released in November. So it could be if somebody sees that one and they think, oh, that looks great. Well, they want to go start with the first one. So yes. then, hence, Renegades gets checked out more than the newer one. And I do think things that came out this year, they, they weren't in the system for the whole 12 months. Of course, they're going to check out less than something that was in the system for the whole 12 months. And the same with Crown of Midnight. The seventh book came out relatively recently within the past couple of years. I think, again, people are like, oh... I want to read that book. And her other, she's had two other series that have had dropped books in the past year. And I think a lot of people who maybe read that one were like, oh, I want to go back and read this other series. Maybe that explains the selection in Legend. Um, I don't know if Kira Cass has had anything drop really recently. I know Marie Lou has. But I was, I think it's still for me the selection one that I'm like, why? <laughs> like, this why? One now? I'm just, I'm just curious. But you're, but you're, that brings up a point. Like most of these authors have had, even if this, the book that's on this list wasn't from their most successful or popular series, most of them have written very popular books. Yes. So maybe people are searching for author. I do they, think it's a, a good selection of authors. Right. So now that we've gone through the top 10 books of 2021 in Gwinnett County, what are we going to read next time, Catherine? Okay, so I'm really excited about this one. And you may recall from episode three, if you listen to that one, I talked about a book that I was currently reading and was thinking would be a title I wanted both Sarah and Patty to read. And I'm hoping Sarah likes it. But uh, I actually just couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I'd like to assign Ghostwood Song by Erica Waters. And I'll give you the tagline again, which is a fiddle made of secrets, a song to raise the dead. 
It's got the creepy factor I love with ghosts, a cursed fiddle. It's got mystery and a little romance thrown in. And it's filled with bluegrass music, which I just really enjoyed. Like, it's woven throughout the story. So I I really hope you both like it. I like a book that comes kind of with its own soundtrack. (laughs) Yes. And I really liked learning more about the background of some of the bluegrass songs. But anyway, I don't want to get into it too much now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really looking forward to reading this one. Yeah, well, it's got ghosts. I'm I'm down. So this has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time as we talk about Ghostwood Song by Erica Waters. Will this one check off all the boxes for Sarah and be a YA title she will admit to liking? I hope so. Mm. But you'll have to listen to find out. <laughs> Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>